Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So last week we talked about the dilemma facing Canadian uh, military intelligence and law enforcement when it comes to dealing with ISIS fighters, and in particular those who return to Canada. Now there's been a lot of focus on one individual in particular uh, and his sharing of his story with various media outlets. How do we deal with these individuals? Now, we've got a story today that uh, illustrates one way of dealing with the ISIS returnee problem. That is to leave them dead on the battlefield. In which case, obviously, they're not returning to Canada uh, unless it's in a coffin. Is this a strategy the government is pursuing? And is this legal? So, interesting scoop today from Global News that three Canadians were deliberately targeted by the coalition conducting airstrikes against ISIS, according to a secret government document on the military's rule. The Canadians were targets of Operation Inherent Resolve, which was the U.S.-led anti-ISIS campaign in Iraq and Syria that, of course, Canada was a participant in. Joining us to talk a bit more about all of this, very pleased to welcome the program, investigative journalist uh, with Global News, Stuart Bell, more at globalnews.ca. Stuart, thanks for joining us here. Hi, Rob. Uh, so what, what time period are we talking about here? Well, these documents, we've only just got them, but they actually date back to uh, September 2015, which have been just the final weeks of the Conservative government. And almost about a year or so into Canada's uh, involvement in uh, in airstrikes in Syria and Iraq under what was called Operation Impact, which was Canada's contribution to Operation Inherent Resolve, which was the coalition uh, multinational mission um, against ISIS in that part of the world. Right, and so what was Canada's role then in these operations? Well, I mean, Canada was uh, conducting airstrikes. We had CF-18 Hornets that were uh, based in Kuwait that were flying uh, strikes against target packages provided by the coalition, uh, and they did hundreds, uh, several hundred of those those strikes, uh, mostly in Iraq, but some in Syria as well. Now, regarding these three individuals, do, do the documents tell us any more about who they are? Are you able to discern any more about who they are? No, I mean, <laughs> the document is very heavily redacted before it was released to us, so uh, I think that part of it was probably taken out. But given the timing, you can sort of surmise who it might have been. And uh, at the time uh, that this uh, this briefing that was prepared, it was about a couple of months after the U.S. now says that they uh, killed a guy from Calgary, named Farah Sheridan, who was a very vocal ISIS member, making a lot of threats online uh, and on social media. Uh, and and uh, also, um, around that time, 
another guy who was making a lot of threats uh, using Twitter and things like that was a fellow from Mississauga, Ontario, named Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was probably a likely target. And a third guy who was believed to be a very senior ISIS member, we don't even know his real name, uh, but he, he went by the handle Abu Muhammad al Kanadi, which means the Canadian. So those, pretty good chance. I mean, we consult Canvas some experts, and they all agreed that those were likely the three targets at that time. So talk about the legality here and or the situation that would allow Canada to target individuals in this manner, because obviously then if these individuals had uh, escaped the battlefield, somehow made it back to Canada, we'd be dealing with a much different situation. So what are the circumstances that would allow for this kind of an approach? Well, this briefing that we obtained is basically looking at this exact situation. It's saying that um, we're getting targeting packages. The Canadian forces are getting targeting packages from uh, the coalition. And uh, in some cases, the targets of those strikes are identified and their nationality is identified. What are we supposed to do when we get them and it says they're Canadian? And so they walk through... Um, the legality of that, and they believe that they sort of reach the conclusion that um, under international law, there's nothing wrong, it's perfectly legal to um, to kill somebody, even your own country, you know, a citizen of your own country, provided they're directly participating in hostilities in an armed conflict. Now, the problem with that is that um, there's no real def agreement on the definition of directly participating in hostilities. It's something that uh, is sort of widely defined. For example, um, some people define it more narrowly in the sense that you could be a uh, sort of insurgent by night, but the minute that you put down your weapon and return to your civilian day existence, doing whatever it is you do, you're no longer directly participating in hostilities, so you can't be struck. Whereas uh, some governments, the U.S., for example, take a broader interpretation, and so anybody who participates in hostilities, even when they're not fighting, even you know if they're doing so, they're a baker by day or something. I don't know, but they they can still be targeted. So these are all issues that uh, different governments have resolved. But in Canada, we've never really had any open discussion about this topic whatsoever. It's been uh, it's been entirely, uh, you know, kept secret. Um, and in addition to that, we've also had this sort of strange response um, when this issue, issue arose, when a sort of related issue arose last fall, um, when some of our allies were saying quite vocally that uh, we would prefer to see our uh, nationals who are with ISIS killed abroad than to have them return home. The Canadian government... Uh, to seem to very take a different position. They were saying, for example, Ralph Goodale, public safety minister, said that Canada doesn't participate in death squads, I think was the term he used. Well, maybe, but the reality is that this shows that Canada was participating in uh, the targeting of its own citizens. But we've had really absolutely no discussion about the policy surrounding that, um, You know, under what circumstances we would target Canadians and so on. Right. And I mean, this is really what we have here is the first acknowledgement anywhere that, that Canada has done this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And even though this does date to uh, the last days of the Conservative government, um, 
the the same the military seems to be taking the same kind of uh, interpretation of the law at this point. And one of the documents that we <laughs> that we sort of obtained, um, we asked the Justice Department for documents on the policy. What's Canada's policy on uh, targeted strikes against Canadian citizens? And uh, we did get a, a memo that came back completely blank, but it was um, it was censored as a cabinet confidence, and it was dated December 2016. So that suggests that the cabinet did have some discussion. Uh, the Liberal cabinet did have discussions about this same issue, but we still don't know, um, you know, what the government policy is on killing its own citizens. Well, and your piece today alludes to, um, you know, the fact that, that this was a big issue in the UK last year. There was one uh, notorious Brit who, who was uh, an attack planner for ISIS. Uh, the, the Brits made the decision that he would be targeted. I think it was a, a drone strike that, that took this guy out, right? Yeah, I mean, the U.S. and the U.K. have both done these types of strikes. Uh, the U.S., the most famous one was probably the drone strike that killed Anwar al-Awlaki, who was the al-Qaeda ideologue in Yemen. Right. Uh, he was a U.S. citizen, and he was taken out. Um, the U.K. did similar types of things against uh, some ISIS members who, like the Canadian ones that I mentioned, had been very vocal online trying to incite attacks in the West and also communicating directly with um, with people inside the West to try and get them to conduct attacks sort of close to home. And the UK, um, they, they struck several of them and killed them, and they held a, a sort of public inquiry into the issue to determine whether or not those killings were justified. And that was, um, the report was made public, and the Prime Minister issued a statement um, last December saying that she believed that this was really the only recourse given the danger that these people posed. And again, um, even though we now know that Canadians were targeted, we don't know, uh, the gov- our government has not discussed at all the circumstances around that. Well, and you mentioned Farah Sheerden, who may have been one of these three targets, and I suppose his fate, there's still some uncertainty about what became of him, but... I mean, he's, it has been a very high-profile case because, of course, there is a, a warrant out for his arrest uh, and, and numerous charges that, that would be laid against him. Yeah, he, he's been charged with the RCMP um, with terrorism offenses. And according to the, the U.S. military, they believe they killed him in Mosul in July of 2015. But there's no, we have no confirmation of that. Um, you know, there's been sort of no official... Well, it's very difficult to confirm these types of killings. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, there was an infamous video he made where he burned his Canadian passport and he was sort of calling for attacks in the West. And he also, through the media and social media, had also uh, been threatening and, and trying to incite uh, attacks in Western countries, Canada and the U.S. So these are the types of people that would have been atop uh, of the targeting lists and uh, would be no surprise if they were they were actually killed or if there had been a, attempts to kill them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think from my perspective, probably a lot of people, this is an understandable and, and defensible policy, but it, it doesn't appear as though the government yet has been willing to, to explain or defend this. Has there been any kind of a, a, an official response yet? No, we're waiting to hear from the defense minister today, but you're right. I mean, uh, I think most Canadians would probably agree there's nothing necessarily wrong with that and there's the experts agree there's nothing illegal about 
doing that provided it's in an armed conflict situation and the person is taking part in hostilities but um like i say there there's been really especially compared to our really close allies just no discussion at all about um one what it even is our policy on this issue and two um you know what are the details that uh, of those that have been killed well, it's a fascinating story. Uh, much more at globalnews.ca. Stuart, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. All right, there you go. Stuart Bell, uh, investigative journalist with Global News, or another uh, another scoop from him today. And, uh, yeah, I think this is significant. So regardless of how you feel about it, I mean, I think the government needs to to come forward and, and explain this. Uh, it would appear as though this is entirely legal, and the government is entitled and justified to do this if they believe that's something that needs to be done. Uh, Craig Forsese, a national security law expert, quoted in this global news story, someone who, in fact, has done some research on this very question, said he saw nothing in the briefing note to suggest the legal advice it contained was incorrect. Under international law, those directly participating in hostilities in an armed conflict can be legally targeted. Now, there doesn't seem to be a consensus here, though, in the meaning of directly participating in hostilities. Now, Stewart mentioned the United States defines that much more broadly. And I guess Canada can decide how it wants to define that. But it would seem to apply here, at least in terms of these individuals. And if the government's going to target these people and leave them dead on the battlefield, rather than have to deal with them in some other way, all the better, right? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.